Well, let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Just spent a few Wednesdays on this. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We've been talking about refuting negative thoughts. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Notice it says, Casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That can be external, it can be internal, it can be thoughts that are coming. This talks about casting down bringing every thought into captivity. But things that arise in the world are exalting themselves against the truth of God's Word, against His truth, against uh, His Word. And so it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So anything that would contradict, we bring it into captivity. Every thought we bring into captivity into the obedience of Christ. Let's read this in a, a couple of other translations. Uh, In the NIV, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We have to understand that we are in this world, but we're not of it. We are spiritual beings. That'll change your perspective as we walk in this earth. If we just look at what is in the natural, you can see why people act like they do. If they they don't know there's a God and they don't know they're going to live forever, and they don't know there's help and spiritual um, forces beyond what they see, both good and bad, then they're not, they're going to act like there's none of those things. But if we know that there are, if we know that there is a God, if we know that there are angels, that'll change your thought process right now. If you look at, you can start getting very fearful when you go out into the world of how you're going to be protected just in everyday life. When you drive down the street, I mean, accidents happen all the time. They're crazy people in the world that do crazy things. But, and if you don't, if we don't realize, wait, we have angels that protect us. We have uh, spiritual beings that go with you. You don't have to worry about what some person can do when you have a spiritual being protecting you. Well, that'll change your perspective. It's like this in every era. We need to understand and we need to have it clear in our minds that we are spirit beings and there is a spiritual realm and that we can, uh, we can uh, pull on the good spirit, the God and the angels and the spirit of God. We can um, benefit from what they do. And then you're also aware that there is an evil spiritual realm. So you don't just take everything at face value. You understand there are negative it forces there are evil forces that are influencing the world and you'll know that there are evil forces that are trying to influence our thoughts and our understanding and that everything that comes into your mind didn't just originate in your mind itself that some things are injected some thoughts come to you through other media or whatever somebody else's thought can come into your mind and we have to realize that not all that's good that there is actually negative forces, and so we have to be aware. And if we're aware, we're going to act differently. We're going to do something with those thoughts. Verse 4 says, The weapons we fight 
with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every cap or we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Every thought we make it obedient to Christ. Let's read this in the Amplified Classic. Let's just skip down to uh, verse 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Verse 5, Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, we lead every thought, captive, or every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. So anything that contradicts what God has said, we need to do something with it. And we talked about this, that our perception of a situation is what causes our reaction to the situation, not the actual situation. So in other words, you have things that happen, but how you see that situation is what's going to determine how you react. In other words, two people can react to the same situation differently. That's why you can have one person in the same situation as another, and one person is calm and confident. The other person is completely freaking out. It's the same situation. It's because of what's going on inside of our head and how we perceive that situation. You could perceive a situation as a threat and perceive it that everything is going to go wrong, or you could perceive it as an opportunity and an opportunity to show God's strength and that He's going to take care of me anyway, and that determines how we act. It's not the situation. Sometimes we're tempted to say, it's what's going on that's determining how I feel. That's not true. It's not, we're not ignoring situations. The, the situation is real, but how, how do we react to the situation? It's going to determine how I'm seeing, which is determined by what I'm thinking. So I see something, and if I know what God has said, then I'm going to act differently than if I don't know what God has said. And so what we think is vitally important. And so we need to make sure that our thoughts and how we see things are lining up with the Word of God. Ephesians 4, um, let's look at, well, we'll read verse 20, 420. We looked also at how Satan originally tempted Eve and what, how he injected thoughts. Well, he, he, he lied to Eve and, and Adam, and they bought the lie, they could have refuted what Satan said with what God has said. In fact, Eve did originally, but then she just, she didn't stay at it. So those thoughts come, the wrong things come, how you see the situation is going to determine on how you think, how you react to the situation ought to be determined by what God has said. Eve could have refuted the situation and the thoughts by what God has said. And so, for that to happen, we need to know what God has said. We're going to talk about that some tonight. Verse 22 says, um, or we will we, we, excuse me, we'll, we'll read verse 20. We will. Verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, 
that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in, the, in righteousness and holiness. That you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And the Amplified uh, version, verse 23 says, Be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. To be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. So you, uh, what are you renewing it with? What is determining where your mind is going? It needs to be what God has said. And how we refute negativity, negative thoughts, or thoughts that are wrong, that we're supposed to take cap- captive, are go- it, the way we do that is with what God has said. It, and that's the truth. What God has said is the truth, and that's how we refute the negative thoughts. We reprogram our mind with what God has said, so when the thought comes in, a negative thought that is uh, opposed to God's word, you come back with it with come back to it with the truth. Let's read this example, and then we're gonna uh, we'll say some things about it. But Luke four verse one. An example of Jesus doing exactly this. Verse 1 says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Notice, notice that. It says that um, in verse 1 that he was, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and he returned from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. So he was actually led to the place, and he was tempted. So don't be surprised if, even if you're in the center of God's will at some time, that you are still pressed. It doesn't mean God's setting you up like that. It just means that we live in a fallen world and just because you're experiencing a challenge does not mean you're out of the will of God. You'd have to contradict so many scriptures to believe that. Uh, The Bible does not teach that we'll never have a challenge if you believe God. Some have gotten an idea that if you you, uh, know something about faith that you'll never have any challenges. That's not true. When you have a challenge is the opportunity to use your faith. And if you, if you believe that, well, I'm a believer now, I believe faith, so I will never have a problem, you're going to be thrown off your game really quick when some challenge comes up because you're going to think this isn't supposed to happen. Instead of going, well, that's, I don't, I, this, is a, this is in front of me, but God's word says this and I'm going through. That is when we have a challenge is actually the time we believe God. That's when you got it. It's not like, well, I messed up, so I'll have to wait till the next time because clearly I failed because there's a problem. That's not true. You fail if you don't put God's word into practice in the face of the problem. That's when we fail. But Satan will try to, you know, a symptom comes on your bicep. Well, you missed it now. There's something, you did something wrong because you have a challenge. Instead of going, that's what it'll tell you. 
So you better wait, you know, well, next time. You, you've been doing something wrong, that's why you're facing this. Getting, what, the, the play is to try to get you to drop your guard and agree with what's happening and say, well, I can't do anything about it. Instead of, okay, so there's a symptom there, so I believe God in the face of it that I'm not going to get sick, that I'm not going to deal with something. God did not ever promise us we would not have a challenge, but His Word has been given to us so that we'll know what to do in the face of the challenge and overcome. So let's read verse 1 again and keep reading. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. In those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Well, I guess he was. Sometimes we go with a couple hours and we're hungry. Verse 3, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Okay, so we see the devil bringing something to him. That is, it's it's, it's it's a corruption or perversion of truth. Satan will bring you things that sound plausible or sound religiously right or true in some sense. So often, he's, he'll pervert things and bring you something that sounds, well, that could be true, and he'll tell you, well, it's going to happen, this is true. But, you know, it's, it's subtle and he's deceptive. Verse 4 says, but Jesus answered him. So notice what Jesus does. Satan came and said, if you're the son of God, command the stone to become bread. Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So so Jesus came back and said the truth that is in God's word. He's contradicting what Satan said by the truth, which is the word of God. So that's how, now Satan is saying this to him. But those things can come into your mind. It's the same thing. Satan will whisper into your mind, or you'll have thoughts. You may not have a, hear a voice. I'm not saying that. You don't want to look for voices, don't want to hear voices. But you have a thought that you're going to fail. You're going to be sick. You know, something's going to happen to you, uh, to one of your children, something like that. And we need to know what the Word says here. Satan is telling him, you know, he's just tempting him. If you're the Son of God, you just, you know, you're hungry, just command the stone to become bread. And he contradicted, said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So he's not, he's not to use his ability to to serve a a piece of bread, to to do, that's not the truth. And and Jesus contradicts what Satan's saying with the word. Verse 5 says, then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all kinds or showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and the devil said to him all this authority I will give you in their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish therefore if you will worship before me all this or all will be yours that's what satan wants he wants to the bible calls him the god of this world he usurped adam's authority so what he's saying is true if this were a lie, Jesus would know it. He wouldn't. He 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 would know that he has no authority to do this. He didn't. 
He didn't contradict Satan about that at all. The Bible calls Satan the god of this world. What Satan wants is for people, he wants to be God. That's why he assaulted the, king, the throne of God. He got thrown out. That didn't work. So he wants to be worshipped. And he brings people to himself. He's telling Jesus, you bow before me. I'll give you all this natural stuff. Jesus, verse 8 says, And Jesus answered and said to, the, said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So he contradicted what Satan said. He contradicted the thought, the argument with the truth. Verse 9 says, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to them, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Verse 12, And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So, so Jesus contradicted what he said. Again, Satan's saying, Oh, well, you know, He's, he's quoting scripture. You know Satan can quote scripture. But he quotes it in an untruthful way. So don't be surprised. And he does this. It, he will play on our ignorance of what the Bible says. And he'll bring thoughts about the Bible to you. To condemn you. To drive you to make you feel guilty, to make you feel unworthy, to get you into pride, any way he can get you off. But he can quote scripture too. So just because somebody quotes scripture doesn't mean their doctrine's right. Satan quotes scripture. Just because you throw a few scriptures and tack that onto some teaching doesn't make it right. We have to rightly divide the word of God. Don't be surprised when, when you have thoughts that have scriptural basis, they, they use scripture, but they're not lined up with the whole truth. That's a tactic of the devil. In fact, the way... Well, we'll say this in a second. Let's finish reading verse 13, then we'll say a few things. It said, Verse 13 says, Now when the devil end, had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So, the devil ended every temptation. This time it says he departed from him until an opportune time. Satan is persistent. And just because you refute the arguments or cast the thoughts down does not mean that's the end of it. He will try again. And you notice Jesus at this point, it started out saying he was hungry. He was, he was worn. And that's when Satan came to tempt him. And he'll do the same to you and he'll do the same to me. That's what we got to stay built up. We got to stay up on it. Uh, stay spiritually built up. Stay physically built up. You can be drained physically. You can be drained emotionally. You can be trained spiritually. Don't think that because you're spiritually strong, you can just go on two hours of sleep all the time. You're going to wear out your body and then you're going to be subject to temptation. Don't think you can just overload your brain. You're going to be mentally drained and you're going to be subject to temptation. And when you're weak, that's when Satan's going to hit you. I mean, it's logical, right? He's looking for an inroads all the time. And you just, you need to know who you're dealing with. He's going to probe on the perimeter of your life, looking for an inroads. And just because you refute thoughts in one area and you cast them down in your relationship with your spouse, 
The next thing, it may be your health. And then the next thing, or you refute that, may be your finances, trying to give you thoughts about that. You refute that. A little bit later, tries to hit you with your children. Thoughts, no, well, look at this and this. This is going to happen. And then you refute that. Next thing could be your job, the relationship with your boss, the relationship with your coworkers, the relationship with your employees. Next thing, you know, your church family or your pastor or somebody else that you work with. He just, he'll do this. What's he looking for? A soft spot. A, a spot where you'll take the thoughts in and start thinking about them and, and uh, listening to them. So we refute those thoughts with the word. And the best way to identify what is negative or what is wrong is to know the truth. That's why we should read the Word of God daily. You don't need to do it legalistically. Don't do it ritualist. Don't get like, oh, I didn't read this much of it, so I got to read all this. It's good to be disciplined, but don't make... If all you're doing is reading to try to get end, to the end of whatever you think you need to read that day, and you're not paying attention to it, it's really not doing you that much good. Now, it, it can do you good. I mean, you're still reading the Word, but if your mind's checked out and you're just trying to do it to check a box, that's not ideal. You would be better off staying on one verse if God's prompting you on it, than, well, no, no, I got, you know, jumping off that. If God's speaking to you, don't interrupt Him. It's okay to just listen because that how you when you're listen when you're reading the word you're getting familiar with the word but you're also getting familiar with the one that wrote the word. So the same way the Lord speaks to you and prompts you with the word of God is that same way he's going to lead you when you're dealing with things that aren't specifically in the word. Where you're going to work, where you're going to live, who you're going to marry, who you're going to hire. All these things, well, if you're familiar with the Word of God, as you read the Word, you're familiar with truth, then you're also going to know the, the, the author. But the best way, then, if you keep the Word in front of you, and you fellowship with the One, the Holy Spirit, the One that wrote the Word, then you're going to know, you're going to develop a sense for the truth, you're going to know the word and you're going to know the truth. So when something comes in that contradicts it, you're going to know it and you're going to be able to refute it. You know, people have said, and this is true, the best way to identify a counterfeit or a lie is to know the truth, to know the real. It, it, will, it will apply in any subject area. If you know what the real is in a subject area and somebody you know, you know, if you're an expert in a field and you know all about that, when somebody, you know, comes up with some idea that you've never heard of and you know, they don't really, they're not in the know, but they bring some up, it, 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 your, your mind is going to scan just, just intuitively the, the, the breadth of all the truth and it's going to be like, this does not fit. It's just going to, no, there's something wrong there. In anything. It's like, eh, no, you're wrong. And even if you couldn't put your finger on it, it's like, eh, it doesn't pass the smell test. You know what I'm talking about? We used to, Max might know what I'm talking about, but they talk about in writing code, 
You know, there's just, there's got, they talk about, it smells wrong. It doesn't literally smell wrong, it's on a computer. But it's like, you know, this, it's not right. This is, it's not clean. It's like that in all kinds of, you know, you may be in a different, a different um, area. It's like, um, no, that, that's not, that's a bunch of nonsense. You know, somebody's talking, they might be able to fool somebody that doesn't know anything in that area, but anybody that knows, it's like, this guy does not know what they're talking about. Well, that ought to be, when we know the Word, when we know the Word and we know the one that wrote the Word, somebody may be babbling something and Satan may try to bring you something, but you're like, eh, no, that's, that's not lining up. That, that's not in the Word. That, you know, it might, you might throw a few scriptures out, but that's wrong. Just like Satan did, he threw some scripture out. Jesus is like, no, this is the truth. You have a whole lot of this going on in the world. People... Throw out some doctrine, throw out something, you know, prophecy, whatever, and then throw some scripture. And just, it's like, mm, no, that's wrong. You just check inside and look at what the word says. No, that's not true. You can know. You can know because you've been around the truth long enough. That's like, nah, that's, something's not right. May not even be able to put my finger on it, but now I'm sticking with the word. I'm going to stick with the truth. So we we. When there's thoughts coming in that are negative, that are defeating, we need to not just be like, well, no, that's not true. We need to go to the Word and say, no, this is what God said. Well, how would you know it's not true? You know what God said. And he tries to condemn, what, condemn us about stuff. Satan will try to beat you up, make you feel guilty about stuff. You need to know what the Word says concerning where you stand with God. Otherwise, Satan will knock your legs out from under you and you won't go anywhere. You need to know what the Word says concerning your your, uh, position with God. You need to know that, yeah, if you missed it, you messed up and you took care of it. The Bible says if you confess sin, that He is um, faithful and just to forgive your sin and, can, and uh, forgive you of all unrighteousness. The Bible says He removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. You need to know that if you messed it and you brought it before God, then it doesn't exist anymore and that Satan is just trying to get you to stay in the past so that he can defeat you. This is just an example. But if, you, if he comes, no, 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 using trying to condemn you, you need to know what the truth is and you have to walk in faith in this as much as anything else. Refute what he said with the word. No, I, God said he forgave me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and what I did, it, I've already dealt with it with the author of the universe, the, the supreme ruler and judge of the universe and so it's, it's in the past and I am not going to look, I'm not going to look back, back and I'm not going to be pushed off. And in any area, talking about, you know, God supplying your needs, Satan will try to paint you pictures of things. He'll be like, well, yeah, but what this, and you didn't do this. And, you know, in a, of course, like we talked about, show you situations in the earth and say, well, that you can't succeed. And we need to know what God's word says. You know, we read something in, in the offering. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I won't, I shall not want. And these things all go together. Then he'll say, oh, well, you're, you're trying to stand on that. Well, 
It'll try to maybe bring up something you did. Well, you don't qualify. And so then so you got to push that off and say, no, 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 I've already dealt with that. This is one of the reasons that Satan will tempt you to try to get in out of love with people and strife and to do stuff wrong. It's not so he can just point his finger at you and just say you missed it. It's so he can condemn you and get you off and defeat you. It's a war. It's a tactic. It's not, it's not a game. It's not what religion has made it. It's just like this big checklist, and God has this checklist, and if you pass, okay, good, you get into heaven. If not, no, Satan's trying to take people out, and if we'll do things God way, God's way, he, he, Satan tries to probe, but he doesn't have anything to probe with. And we'll just parry everything. But he tries to tempt people so he can own them. And one of the ways he does it is in the mind. He tries to get us off. He tries to get us to agree with him. And so we have to do something to replace any kind of misunderstanding of God's word, which we're all in the process of doing this. Nobody has a 100% renewed mind. We're all in process. When, when you leave this earth, you, you are still going to step into heaven. You're going to learn some stuff. Nobody is going to be 100% there. That's not a bad confession. That's just the way it is. We're all in the process of renewing our mind and replacing our, our thoughts. So if we'll look to God and His Word, He's going to help us to, to put in the right things. That's why you look at His Word. He's going to prompt you. He's going to help you. And the Bible says you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. God's not bringing the temptation, but in any temptation, there is a way out where you're at now. Otherwise, the temptation would not be brought. The Bible says there's always a way out. That means where you're at now, you have what it takes to get out of it. You have what it takes to parry the attack. It may feel like you don't have it. it. may feel like it's overwhelming. It may feel, Satan will tell you, you're out of your league, buddy. You cannot survive this. You don't have enough word in you. Well, then go to God. The Bible says if you have a temptation in front of you, it won't be enough that you can't bear it. So that means you have in front of you the knowledge or the ability to get the knowledge in time for you to be able to come through. In other words, right now, you have a way out. So what do you do? You look to God and say, God, you just show me. I'm, I, I know I'm being hit. Show me what to do. Show me how to act. I know there's, there's uh, attacks here. And so that's renewing your mind. That is looking to God's word instead of other stuff. And that's the way to go forward. John 8, 31 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth's going to make you free. So in other words, anything that comes against you won't, ha won't bind you. Any negative argument, any negative thought, it won't bind you because you know the truth, and that's what makes you free. It'll make you free now. Anything that you may be facing, any thought that would come against you, 
There is a word of God that contradicts that lie that will bring you to the other side. There's always the truth that'll make you free and keep you free and keep you from being bound with what Satan's trying to do. And so we build the Word of God into us. We look to His Word, we look to Him, and then we're able to refute those arguments. We're able to refute what Satan is trying to do. We're able to refute the lies. We're able to identify the lies and refute them and go on with the Lord. It's a matter of looking at the truth, looking at His Word, and not looking at things that contradict Him. Amen.